Welcome back to part three with Art Hernandez. We're having such a good time. I said, can you please come back to part three? So welcome back, um, Art Hernandez. <laughs> Glad to be back for part three. Yeah, um, Art Hernandez directing world icon Cat in the Hat animation for WAG, which is Warner Animation Group and co-producer My Little Pony. And also, we haven't got to like Beauty and the Beast, The Lost Empire, Hercules. So, um, yeah. So, where do you want to, what do you want to, uh, we were going over how fun um, um, directing voice actors is, right? You got to do vo director of voice. What do you call it? Yeah. Director of the voice animation? So, voice directing. Yeah. Just, okay. Yeah, just voice directing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of the times, you know, like, like, it just depends on on the comfortability, I think, of the director. Um, you know, uh, myself as a director, I prefer to do my own voice directing because, you know, who knows it better than the director or should know it. But there are others that prefer to have a voice director come in so that uh, they as the director, as the film director, can just, you know, be more in tune with what's, what they're listening to and just be able to react in the moment a little better. Um, uh, I don't mind it too much. I actually have some fun, you know, getting in there in the booth with with the talent. Um, but it is it is a very, a very fun process. So, yeah. Can you share any fun stories with the actors? Do you have any funny stories? Oh gosh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Um, <laughs> Under pressure. <laughs> uh, well, there aren't there aren't too many. I, I do remember some of the sessions that we had on Fire and Rescue on Plains Fire and Rescue with a couple of the different. Uh, uh, voice actors there. A lot of them were just super game with playing pranks. Uh, Julie Bowen from uh, Modern Family, uh, she is awesome, super down to earth too. And she played right along with playing a prank on the director, Bob Scanaway, and uh, and that was a ton of fun. Um, yeah, I think it just depends on, on, on who you're working with. Some are a little more serious than others. Uh, you know, with, uh, with the My Little Pony movie, uh, that was just such an incredibly talented group of people. I think my, my, I would have to say my favorite though is Kamiko Glenn and she plays Izzy. Uh, she is not only just such a nice person, she's just a really warm personality, but, but so talented, so talented and knew her lines going in, right? Like, like she's, she was never coming in cold and, and didn't know her lines. She knew her lines and God, can she sing just an amazing, set of pipes yeah i was just in awe of her every time she was uh she was in the booth or, or you know taking part in recording um but that was a fun process i really really enjoyed being a part of my little pony i, I want to ask you because people are listening a lot of people are new they might want to be like trying to be a director or a writer or a producer maybe a voiceover actor a uh, question so when a voiceover actors come in do they have the script in front of them is there a place for the script um do they usually have a place to look at the script or do they come in knowing it memorized and they don't have the script at all oh very rarely do they memorize it and i think that has to do mostly because they have so many different projects to deal with um i think um Voice acting is probably some of the most, I mean, at least for me, it, it seems like the most fun because you really don't have to get dressed up. You can just show up, right? And there's no makeup involved unless you're doing like uh, like press junket stuff or you, what we call the electronic press kit. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's not a lot of demanding stuff when it comes to just the physic physicality of it. Uh, but um, but they do have the script in front of them. Uh, they will always have had the script before that to read from. 
um, depending on how big their role is, they, uh, you know, they will be brought in for multiple sessions, even, even just for the first time that they're recording, just so that we can break it up because it's, although it isn't, uh, although they don't have to get all made up or anything like that, or go into different like wardrobe changes, I guess, uh, I should take back that it's not physically, it is actually very physically. It can be, it can be exhausting, especially after like a four or five hour session and doing a line over and over and over again, right? Some folks can get the line right away. There are others that it, it takes a few times and you, you want to try to discover some other stuff, you know? Um, so it, it can be a little taxing uh, there as well, but, um, but that's just like, like when you're doing the first run of the script, then, there are going to be writing changes and then you bring those people in again. So, so they have lots of times they'll have like eight, nine, a dozen sessions built into their contract so that we can get every line that we need. Oh, that's brilliant. And so, uh, okay. So, um, okay. So I want to, can you share about like some, did you produce my little pony after your other films that you went to like, um, your, uh, Hercules, the, um, the Atlantis, the Lost Empire, Hercules, Beauty and the Beast. Did you do those before My Little Pony, or? Oh yeah, those were all those were all done before. So that was back in my in my traditional animation days, back when I was a a what they call a cleanup artist or or an assistant animator. Um, funny though, with Beauty and the Beast, I was actually still in school when that movie released, and so it wasn't it wasn't until they did a special edition version where they brought in a couple of songs that weren't originally done for the first time around. And so we were brought on while we were in the middle of working, I believe it was on Fantasia 2000, that, uh, that they pulled in a small crew to animate the songs that hadn't been animated before. I think one of them in particular was one that was in the Broadway musical. They figured, well, let's put it back into the movie. So, uh, so I got to be a part of a movie that I wasn't a part of the first time around. So that was for, for Beauty and the Beast. Uh, for the others, for Atlantis and Hercules and Fantasia 2000, for all of those, I was a traditional animator. And then uh, as we were talking about, I switched over to story when uh, after Sweating Bullets. And uh, so that was very different. For, um, for My Little Pony, that came about in a, in a really strange way. Uh, a, it's my first producing credit. Congratulations. So, that and that's a great that's a first great producing credit. My little pony. The um the it, what is it? The it's the um the future generation, right? Am I saying it right? Let me make sure. Next generation. The next yeah. okay, the next generation. Yeah, a new generation. Sorry, the new generation. New generation. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Not to be confused with Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was my first producing credit. And it, it came about mostly because as I was talking about with uh, before with the project that I had at Hasbro that went away, uh, they asked me to stay on to kind of help shepherd My Little Pony as it was going, as it was, it was being finished. And so I got to work directly with the two directors, actually three. So it was, um, oh, let's see, it was uh, Rob, Rob Cohen, Rob Cohen, Jose Ucha, and then the co-director, Mark Fedebeni. Great guys. Great guys. And all of the animation was done out of Boulder uh, animation in Dublin. Uh, so that yeah. was also fun because I got to, before the pandemic, I got to visit Dublin. Oh, you got to was... go? Oh, was it beautiful? Yes. It's fantastic. I love that city. I absolutely love that city. The people are phenomenal. The food is great. The drinks are great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we had a really great time. So, so I, I... I do miss that. So should I say you really had the luck of the Irish? 
Oh yeah. And yeah. To become I mean, the producer. I think that would that, that would that would be fair to say. That okay. Would be very fair to say. Yeah, so um, so I worked with those guys, helping them get their their movie to the finish line, and then uh, and then came aboard also to help them voice direct the thing, and uh, and the the end result was uh, was being given a co uh, co producing credit. So that was great. It was a really good experience. That is, and it's just a fabulous story. What, what did you celebrate? How did you do? Like, hey, you know, I see you have a dog in the background. What kind of dog is that? Well, he walked oh, away. He was walking around. Oh. He is down here at my feet now. Oh, he so this is a dachshund. He is a dachshund. Yeah, he is my. We have two. We have Buckley and we have Griffin. Griffin is in daycare right now because he is just a little over one year old and he is a holy terror and would not <laughs> let me do this. So, so he's in daycare, but Buckley is twelve, and so he all he likes to do is sleep. So he's he's my little shadow. Oh, but, uh, but yeah. We love our dogs. I have to tell you, my friend's dog, she has a Dotson, and he's 17 years old, and he's going strong. That's incredible. That That's pretty old for a Dotson. He's got, that, all, his teeth, very old for he's got all his teeth pulled out, but, like, he wants the, the ham and the cheese. And so when you come over there, you got to give him ham and cheese, and he eats it like there's no problem. And a, a beautiful soul, beautiful dog. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I love our boys. They're, they're fantastic. I don't know what we do without them. It was... It's what, honestly, it's part of what helped us get through the pandemic, you know, being at home working this whole time. I have, I think even on Cat in the Hat, we've only been, Erica, my, my, my uh, directing partner and I have actually only seen each other in person maybe half a dozen times. Wow. So everything else has been over, over Zoom. So. <laughs> Zoom. Do you sometimes, do you ever get headaches or migraines from Zoom sometimes? <laughs> Oh, big time. Okay. Yeah, big time. I learned early on, for those that haven't figured out this trick, is to turn off self-view. That helps. Self -view? It really does. Not being think... able to see yourself on camera is a huge help. So. Oh. Okay, yeah, because sometimes, yeah. And like you said, there's a lot of energy on uh, like voiceover acting, the energy, and, and even like podcasts. It's a lot of energy. And like um, this one guy that came on the podcast, he was like an expert. He does a lot of voices. He's a voiceover actor. And he said, you've got to have the physicality and you've got to have the microphone set up. And he was like, he did some impersonations, but he said how phys physical it is, like physical demand. And you got to be able to do those. Like when somebody jump, jumps, uh, jumps, it's got to be believable and, uh, and really be able to do that. So it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny though, that the, the even with everything that's happened in the last couple of years of the pandemic and working from home, what it has done for me is I, I don't think I've ever been busier. I think in large part because working from home has allowed me to kind of, you know, uh, separate my time a little bit and work on lots of different things. Um, oddly enough, I, I just wrapped up uh, rebooting a movie, directing a movie out of Thailand. <laughs> so there's that, which I never thought I'd do, but but the pandemic has proven that that it doesn't matter where we are, you know, the ability to communicate like you and I are doing right now um, has made the world a lot smaller, you know? So it, it made that job possible. Oh, that's beautiful. And by the way, thank you, Thailand, Hong Kong, South Korea. They love my kids' podcast and they're so beautiful and they're so gracious. So um, beautiful people, congratulations. So so that's what you're, that's some of the things that you're working on right now. You're gonna, um, is that your new stuff that's coming up for you? 
you're going to be directing so the reboot it's a that, rebooting a rebooting it's a rebooted movie it was one that that the studio in thailand called shell hut had started working on several several years ago they had had some issues with it and so they asked me to come in to basically not only triage but reboot it and try to get their story back on track <laughs> triage so that, oh yeah come in doc, yeah, that was a lot dr of art hernandez okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the emergency room uh it um it was that was very unique it was also a big learning experience for me uh because it was demanding in the sense that they had a very tight budget and a very uh very tight schedule because they had already spent so much money uh on the first half only to realize that it had to be redone you know we had to really get in there and figure out how do we how do we solve this story how do we make it better and still keep a lot of what was already done intact. So we did what we could. Um, I would say that it is, it turned out a lot better than I think anybody expected it to. They're still working on it now. Uh, I had to, I had to peel myself off a bit in order to start ramping up for cat in the hat, but, uh, but I'm, I'm proud of it. And I think the people there are too. And, and, and I, I, I hope that it'll find an audience. Oh, is it going to be, an, uh, is it going to be anime or is it going to be animation? Yeah, it is animation. Uh, it is uh, it is all done in CGI. It I believe it's going to have its first run in theaters in China first on the mainland. Uh, it's a Chinese co-production, even though the producing studio is out of Thailand. And uh, and I think they're still trying to figure out exactly where it'll go from there. If it'll wind up at say Netflix or Amazon or wherever. So we'll see. We'll ah. see. But but it's it's a, it's a cute little project. I can't talk too much about it, but I think it's a cute little. Okay, under wraps. You have to tell me a little bit more about it. And uh, and so, are do you write? Yeah. Are you writing anything? Because you're you're you you do development now at Warner Brothers. So when you say development, so do you ever do original IPs anymore, or is it just like I do? You do? I do. In fact, I I have a couple of projects that are in the process of being negotiated to be optioned right now that are mine. Um, oh wow, but, that's beautiful. Yeah. And those those are very near and dear to me. I think as I think when we first started talking, I talked about just how important my culture, my heritage is, and the the stories that I got from, from my grandma Becky, and uh, and so two, both of them are set in Mexico. Uh, both of them are are based, have roots in Mexican folklore. Um, something that is really important to me is just to to be able to kind of show folks outside of Mexico that there is more to Mexico than Day of the Dead, and. Uh, and you know cartels and everything that goes with that um <laughs> so so these stories are, are are again based on 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 mexican folklore but they are still very relatable still very relatable stories and uh and so we'll see what happens with those uh two different studios are, are negotiating that with my reps right now um so fingers crossed yeah. fingers crossed and then for warner brothers uh i am developing what will what is supposed to be my second feature film for them. Uh, I can't say too much about it other than it is also very deeply steeped in a Mexican character. I'll say that. Oh, so. muy bien. Muy bien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I know some basic um Spanish because like uh my, my kids podcast, like, oh my gosh, like everyone that, it's only in English. So um 
I, I have like, ciao, hola, guten tag, ni hao, konnichiwa. And anytime I get a number one, I got to learn like how to talk to them. So I, because I, and I was born in Italy, my mother's Italian. So I bring in Italy in whenever I can. Like um, when Charlie the Dolphin, they have Italian, they have a Roman holiday, they go to Italy. And um, the mother's going to be the calamari special if Charlie doesn't figure out how to save his his adopted mother, who's an octopus. So I bring Italian in whenever I can because um, Italy, oh, Italy was also my first ranking in the podcast. I didn't think oh, anyone would ever listen. I didn't know anyone would listen because I'm not like a star name. I'm not on TV. I'm just unknown. And then like when when they listen, then you're responsible. And then I only had like eight episodes up. So I'm literally working 15 hour days to give them more episodes. And uh, so so it's beautiful to add your culture where you come from because you know it and you can do it. You can do it like so beautifully because you're it's like it's joy. But I, I literally write for whoever, if I've hit number one in like Hong Kong, I wrote them, you know, like, a, 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 I, you know, I was just like, what can I give them? Hong Kong and South Korea and Japan loves my story. So I did um, the diary of a fire breathing dragon. And, and then also I did how to become a samurai. And I go, I hope they like it. I don't know if I did it. I did my research and I'm hoping I said those things right. And they seem to love it. And uh, so, yes. So I am so happy for you. Like, it, it, it's like if it when the is the contract signed yet because have you celebrated like what is your biggest celebration because like when you like what do you do do you go on a vacation or like i mean I oh just... gosh i wish i could i wish i could say that we have taken a vacation it's been it, it's funny because it's you you try to celebrate when you can and it's for as long as i've been in, in the director's chair i have yet to actually have that title up on a screen because of how long these things take and because projects come and go, you know? So I think that for us, what we're waiting for is that green light for cat in the hat. You know, when we, the moment we've got that, we are absolutely celebrating. It has been, it's been a long two years of development. So when we get that green light, we're going out to dinner, we're partying. So yeah. Yeah. that's what we're waiting for and then and then we'll see what happens with these other projects oh my gosh dr seuss is incredible like i remember i did do a reading of how the grinch told christmas and it was so fun because i mean i don't do a range of voiceovers but i love doing the grinch and the little girl and they, they seem to like it but um it's it's fun but when you do your own ips so that must be such an amazing thing that you're able to because new ips without any kind of like uh is it a best-selling book uh don't you know don't let the door hit behind you oh how much does your project make every month oh don't let the door hit behind you i'm new that's a new ip like you know they just want i even made a spoof of it like um uh, uh the the evil sequel producer i have james blonde um and the superheroes quest for the holy bowl and the super uh the, the producer is an evil sequel producer. So he just keeps producing sequels and there's no original stories. They kidnap Hero. So there's no more original ah. stories. And so they got to like get Hero so there can be original stories. And they're brainwashing people with electric device to to zap the kids so they only watch the sequels. And they're, and I have like, we're up to Rambo 23. And I just, you know, oh, because, you know, like, you know, when you're new, they're like, do you have a name? Do you have any credits? Do you have an A-list star? How many, are you a best-selling author? How much money do you make? How much followers? Like, how do you ever get in? <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. It is not easy. It is not easy at all. And I'm very lucky that, that uh, my my agent at UTA, Anna Berthold, is fantastic. I love her to pieces. She's, she's constantly looking out for me. I have a great lawyer. 
who also has been looking out for me for years and uh, and they've opened doors, which has been really great. Um, you know, I think for me, I'm I've been very fortunate in, in just, you know, meeting lots of different people, talking to lots of different people and cultivating a reputation that I'm very proud of, you know, because a lot of those folks, you know, are just, you know, we look we look forward to working together again. And so that really helps. But uh, but for original IP, it is not easy. I mean, you are constantly jumping through hoops. You are constantly pitching. You are constantly knocking on doors and having representation that can help that process is is uh, is almost it's almost a necessity. And I mean, it really is, um, you know, and with original IP, it, it makes it that much harder. You know, you, you to have to try to, to not only sell the project, but sell yourself and to have the people that you're pitching, you know, buy into that idea and, you know, understand that that there is a market for it. You know, even with even with the success of Coco and and Maya and the three and all of these other projects that are, again, deeply steeped in, in Mexican heritage. You know, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of it is is you run into executives where their reaction is, oh, but we have a Mexican project or we have a Hispanic director as if it stops there as if there aren't more stories to be told. And it's important to just keep knocking on those doors so that until you do finally reach a, a, a set of eyes and ears that understands that there are more stories to be told and that they are relatable, that they can resonate with a much larger audience, you know, and that the numbers prove that, you know, especially in the Hispanic community. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's such a huge market, you know, and more often than not, a lot of these studio executives are leaving money on the table by not pursuing projects like that. Um, so, yeah, I would say just for those of you out there, you know, Marilyn, for you included, you know, just keep knocking on those doors, you know, put your foot in the door and hold it open until you get somebody to listen, because it, it's it's worth it. It's worth that fight. It really is, because I, I wouldn't want to do anything else. I wouldn't know what else to do other than what I do for a living now. I'd be um, lost without it. It's our identity. You know, it's my identity. And my, my, my directing partner, Erica, feels the same way. It's, it's part of what we, you know, without giving anything away, it's part of what is infused in our telling of the, of the cat in the hat is for the cat, what he does, his hat, is his identity. It's who he is, and without it, what would he be? And then, so, so for us, that that um, that idea is 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 paramount, you know, because it is, you know, what we do for a living is so much part of who we are. Oh, I mean, who wouldn't want to sign you? I bet you after this episode, everyone's gonna be calling. You're like, ah, uh, Art Hernandez. Oh, Marilyn, do you have Art Hernandez's <laughs> email and phone number? I go, yes, I do, but can you give me a voiceover role? So, and yes, uh, let me ask him. <laughs> <laughs> putting my foot in the door, right? It's like I got my foot in. It's like no. You got you got to take that shot. You really do. Oh you my really gosh! Do. So, is there is there a place where our audience is listening? Because we have such a generous audience in um, and I might even give you a shout out on my kids' podcast because uh, if you're your new thing, like it, uh, number one. South Korea, thank you. I love you, South Korea. I love you, Hong Kong. I love you, Italy. And you know, um, just it, just so much love like every week that's great and, it and, really is and you're at a studio yes 
I yeah. mean, no, I've, I've been, I've been very fortunate. I've dream, been very, very fortunate. Dreams do come true. So where do they keep up with you? Like, do you have social media? Do you have a website? Where can they find out what you're doing That's next? Funny. I, I really don't. I am so off the grid. The only thing that I am on, as you know, Marilyn is, uh, is LinkedIn. Oh, you're going to be slammed. It's, <laughs> it's odd because I, it's not even odd. I wouldn't even say that. I, what I have found, I have sourced so many amazing arts through that. And, and gotten connected to so many artists, yourself included, you know, and, and it's been a great place for that. It really is because it kind of filters out all of the other craziness. You know, I'm strictly looking at the person's work. It's the same thing that I tell high school students when I talk to the students and in classes and stuff is that with what we do for a living, anybody has an opportunity, especially now when I'm looking at a portfolio. I don't care where that person went to school. I don't care what grades they got. I don't even care that they graduated. I'm looking at their work. I don't care that they're male or female. I don't care what their background is. It's about their work. And and it, it, it it's what in large part has helped me. And it's it's why, you know, even for the films that I work on, even now for Cat in the Hat, you know, we want to make sure that that our crew is is diverse, that we are gender balanced, that we have a good mix of people that each bring to the table different voices, different backgrounds, and that can just in the long run, at the end of the day, help make our story that much better. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I almost want to cry. I'm like so happy to meet you and to hear about your incredible story. And I really feel that you have always were meant to be this director. Like it was, it, hey. it's your, it's who you're supposed to be and, and it's who you are now. And your talent is incredible. And Warner Brothers, I bet you all the other, uh, the suitors are like, oh, we, we had him over at Hasbro. We had him over here. Now Warner Brothers, Disney's probably going, I uh, wish we had our Toro and uh, but you got oh, from your lips to God's ears. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, every actor would probably is probably calling their uh, agent and going, I want to work with Art Hernandez. I want to be on his next. I want to be voiceover his next film. I'm sure they're like, whatever he's working on. Can you put a good word in for me? Like he. I bet you you're going to get all kind of call. I mean, you probably already do, but I'm so excited for you. Um, congratulations you. because IPs, original IPs to get a deal at a studio. That is just like, congratulations. That's an incredible and you deserve it. And I'm so happy you. for you. And uh, is there anything you want to share before we go? Do you want to give us any voice more voiceovers or any fun things before you go? Oh, I can't think of anything offhand other than than uh, My Little Pony movie. I think is still on Netflix. Definitely watch it. It's super cute. It really is. And oh. you get to find out that my that my character really is into sneakers. So <laughs> 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 uh, and I want to say it right because if Netflix is listening, I want to make sure I'm telling everyone. And um, so check out My Little Pony, a new generation, co-produced by Art Hernandez. And and Art Hernandez is directing The Cat in the Hat. And we're so lucky to have you on the show today. I mean, this has been an absolute treat and a delight. Thank you, Marilyn. No, the, the honor is all mine. This, 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 this has been a lot of fun. Thank you again for this opportunity. It was great. Yeah, this has been a blast. I'm so happy. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And make sure you check out part one, two, and three of Art Hernandez um show on filmatics podcast and thank you for listening and till next week everyone stay healthy and um have some happy day because uh every day is a new treasure to to it could be your day it could be the day that you get that phone call <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs>